0: To chat with the one and only 1L Michelle Cummins. How are you doing, Michelle?
1: I'm doing excellent, Curtis. I'm loving the cold weather. I'm all bundled up with my snow hat on and layered clothes and my fluffy boots, and I'm loving the weather. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Now, I know that we're calling for snow possibly tonight into the weekend here in Abbey, but now you're just a little further east, not much, but enough that it sometimes makes a difference. What's it looking like for Agassiz?
1: last night minus four coldest oh my gosh it's so cold we were in the supernatural trailer the the night before last and it was like it was cold that night we had to make sure the heater was on and just so that you know nothing would like freeze
0: yeah no frostbite <laughs> yeah. You, you know those orange county california girls they can't handle that real cold
1: i know it's so true but you lived in montana
0: oh. and it gets cold in montana
1: it, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm malleable. Show you how I like the cold and the heat. He. Actually, I prefer cold more than heat. To be honest, I I prefer it. I okay, do.
0: well then you're in good you go know, good shape there with the place in Oregon because I tell you that Oregon coast at night sometimes with, it's so damp and it, you know it's even though it's two degrees it feels like it's minus ten.
1: Yeah, any reason to just have a wood burning fireplace and be by the fire and bundle up and blanket and oh, I love that.
0: Which you can do on the Oregon coast pretty much year round.
1: Yeah, and on the beach. It's so fun.
0: (laughs) But it it is uh, is one of my favorite places uh, outside of my home province here. I do love the Oregon coast.
1: So. Talking about that, um, I was talking with my property manager the other day, and because we just put a hot tub in our beach house, and I haven't even seen it yet. And I'm all, come on, I need photos, I need video. Oh.
0: What, what kind of a tease is that? So you can't go across the border to check out your beach friend home in Oregon, and you install a hot tub while you can't go down there?
1: I know brilliance, right? Uh,
0: um, <laughs> that's just like that's. What are you doing to yourself? That's not. That doesn't even make sense.
1: Well, last
0: year was our first winter
1: of owning a vacation rental like that, and so we wanted to. Um, we didn't get that many bookings during the winter, and yet the weather in on the Oregon coast is fantastic during Christmas and New Year's. Like the winter is actually really cool weather there. Like clear skies, beautiful sunsets. It doesn't rain as much. Um, But it's, it's, it's just beautiful. So I thought, oh, well, you know, if you put a hot tub in, people will come. It's like build it and they will come. So we decided, let's, let's do it. Let's bite the bullet. Uh, You know, last year, too, for people were trying to stay vacations, they only stopped the vacation rental. uh, They had rental restrictions for a little bit, I think it was March and April for two months or something. And then they opened it up again. So it's been really doing good since then. But in the winter, we're like, well, it makes, not much. And so that was our thing. If we put the hot tub in, they will come. And sure enough, we're starting to book up lots of bookings this month. I think it's practically fully booked this month uh, for January. It was So, yeah. So I think it was the ticket. It, it was a good, smart investment. You know, oh, it's always a little scary to do things when you're spending money on it. But, you know, hopefully with the numbers. And he said, yeah, people love those hot tubs when they go vacation renting, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you are down the Oregon coast, yeah, I mean, because, again, because, you know, sure, it can be beautiful during the day, even in the summer, but at night in the summertime, it even gets pretty chilly there on the coast. It's
1: true. And you know what? When we were renting for the 10 years pre-full we bought ours, it was, uh, we always try to look for one with a hot tub. I mean, sometimes we went without because it was still on the water and on the coast, but it is one of those things that draws the people in. But I'm so excited to see it.
0: Yeah, not every uh, rental down there has a little tower you can storm watch from either.
1: Oh, my gosh. It is. Oh, I know. It's so exciting. And we're going to paint it this next year, too. Um, oh. A beautiful silos white. It's going to be gorgeous.
0: It's going to look almost like a lighthouse there on the, uh, on yeah. the hill. That's,
1: yeah, that's, that's an idea.
0: That's kind of so cool.
1: Anything exciting happened for you this last week?
0: Just, uh, just packing up and getting ready for the move because we are seven days away.
1: Next week is the week.
0: Actually, we're six days away when I think about it. My math isn't so good.
1: (laughs) The weather's going to be good. It should be clear and good for you.
0: Well, we're hoping because it looks like we could get some snow and rain for the first half of the week. Hopefully, it's good by the time we get to Friday.
1: Oh, it will. I just know it for you. Absolutely.
0: Well, hopefully because, you know, our realtor's got us all set up perfectly, so...
1: So for me, I was interviewed for a podcast last week, and I don't know if you saw it, but mine, it's a Mindshare podcast, and it's David Greenspan. He's a real smart guy. He's back on the East Coast, and he wanted to interview me for his um, – he he's just shares – he interviews a lot of uh, top agents and successful people and, you know, get into your mind and what's your mindset and how do you do and how do you stay successful and like what is your jam kind of thing like what do you so um so it's a great podcast so i was interviewed for that and i shared the video of the zoom because it's a zoom interview and uh, he just posted it today on his podcast so if anybody wants to listen to a podcast his is really really good so uh yeah i encourage you to uh, subscribe to the Mindshare podcast.
0: That's very cool, though it's interesting that you didn't bring along your co host, but that's fine.
1: <laughs> Next time. <laughs> you were busy packing.
0: That's right. I was busy packing. That makes sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, this show is on the five fatal mistakes in commercial real estate financing. So hopefully our listeners are interested in such
0: a thing. Well, commercial real estate is, uh, is something I know that for an, an, on the investment side of things, cause I know my, my dad, for example, used to have property in Vancouver where he had his business. He owned, he was part owner of the property too, because that way you're, you're making the equity off the property as well as the business. and so you're not paying somebody else's mortgage makes sense, right?
1: Yes, Absolutely.
0: But uh, on the other hand, it doesn't hurt to have property where the, somebody else has a business on there and you're making, you know, rental money.
1: Uh, there's so many ways to hack commercial properties as well as residential and to use the benefit of the write-offs and the equity and the depreciation. And use it yourself, lease it out with your company and and others. It's very exciting when you you get into it and realize all the different things you can do, Um, tax sheltering and all that good stuff, uh, or delaying and all that. But a little before we talk about the commercial side of financing uh, and trying to avoid those five fatal mistakes, I wanted to... explain a bit about buying real estate and mortgage rates and investing just in residential. So first, I have to stress that if you have some money and you want to invest it, be sure to contact a mortgage provider. If you're thinking residential side, there's residential providers, and then there's also the commercial mortgage lenders and mortgage providers. So it is different commercial lending than residential lending so make sure you get the right mortgage broker for the right product that you're wanting to buy uh if you don't have one ask me or ask your realtor and we definitely have good uh partners that we work with so but seeing your options through the eyes and approvals of the bank will save you time hassle stress and a whole lot of unnecessary inquiries so definitely do that first because for instance, this last week, I got uh, texts and calls from a couple different clients looking at wanting to invest. Neither of these clients have income coming in. One had a substantial or has a substantial amount coming in, and the other one has 30000 to put down on something that she wants, specific something that she wants. So, but, you know, that's not enough for what she wants. So now what does she do and how does she, raise the extra amount that she needs in order to purchase what she wants. So um, she needs about double that amount. So, but I knowing she has a lot of equity in her primary residence, she can apply for an equity line of credit at a low, low interest rate, that we have today and she can top that up an extra 30,000 and she can get what she wants and she'll make way more money and grow her equity faster borrowing it from her primary residence and this is the perfect time to do that because of the interest rates that there are so there's d- different questions I have of course when when people say hey I want to invest I have some money
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. makes sense
1: it, now if you can't get approved today because you know let's say you're not making any income uh, but you have some money that you want to invest in just not see it fly out your fingers, right? Like, bye-bye money, <laughs> I had you today and now tomorrow it's gone, which happens to all of us if we don't invest it. So, uh, you know, you having a mortgage provider, uh, they actually will provide you guidance and advice on how and when you would most likely approve for a mortgage. So, for instance, uh, the client with the $30,000, uh, you know, she needs 60000 and she doesn't have other income coming in. So, how could she invest that money? What's the best thing for her? So, the questions I usually ask all my clients, uh, there's, about, so there's a few more than I'm going to mention. These are the major ones. First, I say, how much cash do you have to put down? That simple. Second one is do you need ma- monthly cash flow or do you prefer more equity growth over time if you had to choose one over the other? Because there are so many different investments and some you do have more equity growth than cash flow. In uh, other areas of Canada and places you got lots of cash flow but not as much equity growth. So the third one question I ask is, do you own a recreational property yourself yet that you and your family can enjoy as well as do short-term rentals to cover costs and see the value grow over time, such as my beach house? Uh, The fourth question I ask is, do you think you'll need money back or from this investment in the short term, let's say one to five years, or is this a long-term holding investment like 10 years plus? And the fifth question, do you have a source for retirement income yet? So that's one that shows how do we plan your real estate portfolio so you have wealth into the future and into your retirement, so you can rely on that. The sixth one is what other investments do you have, such as stocks, bonds? You know, these questions help. Me, get my clients the best advice to help them best help them in their personal journey to get into the real estate investment ladder. So it all starts with your primary residence, and then you can just have so much fun with it.
0: Absolutely.
1: The rules are in um, that every person, and a lot of people don't know this, uh, is you're allowed two insured mortgages, which means you can have up to two properties with only 5% down on each one. So this would be a primary residence. And then let's say you want to purchase a recreational property. There's the two properties with a minimum 5% down or only 5% down, I should say. Then another after that, let's say you want an investment rental. You're looking at minimum 20% down on your third one. So this is every person. So whether you're the only one on title, uh, Think of that when you're purchasing your properties. So if you don't have 20% down right now, let's say, but you have 10 to 15% and you want to get it invested in something, then you could or would or should purchase a pre-construction condo or townhouse, let's say, that might not be finished until, you know, one, two, three or four years from now. So, in fact, the pre-construction unit by then would be worth a lot more uh, than what you've contracted to purchase at today's prices. And that way, you know, it saves you. You don't need that 20%. You only need the 10 or 15% now. So we're going to go into a little bit more of that uh, in our second segment when we come back.
0: All right. So if people want more information about you and all the services you provide as a top-notch realtor, where can they go?
1: MichelleCummins.ca. And we're
0: back with more right after this. star, Michelle Cummins and myself, Curtis Pope. All right. So we've talked a bit about commercial real estate and how to get into it. Now you're going to give us uh, some five things not to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. We had just left our first segment about, you know, you could have two properties with 5% down only. And then your third property would, uh, investment property, be minimum 20% down. And if you don't have 20% down, but you want to put your money into something and not lose it because, you know, you're, you're afraid that you may spend it, uh, then you can do something that's pre-construction, not going to be completed for a few years and only put 10 to 15% down. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention about that is when it does come time to close on that, and your mortgage broker, broker, by the way, will help guide you to make sure you're approved by the time it closes, because anybody can be approved pretty much in two years if you follow their advice. But uh, you know, you can assign the contract to a new purchaser, so you can get that way. You can get your deposit back that you initially put in, plus any profit. Can go into your pocket, but you have to make sure you're allowed to sign assign your your original contract from the developer because sometimes they have rules and they do usually charge it. they do allow you to assign it. So hopefully, uh, you, you're using a realtor, which you definitely should. Whether you're buying new and there's salespeople in the show home, and you think oh you you know a lot of people don't think they need to use a realtor, but you definitely do. There's so many things in the fine print. There's so many things to know that you don't know. And the salespeople there are working on behalf of the developer, not you. So make sure you use a realtor to help you. Just remember
0: those great commercials, right? Oh, yes. I love them. <laughs> did you use a realtor? No. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love the one where they're back like back on to like a heavy metal festival. That's my favorite one.
1: You know what? That's my favorite one too. Yeah. <laughs> Property needed- lines
0: right there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I hope they're going to do more.
1: I hope they, they create more. They're, they're pretty fantastic.
0: <laughs> they were great commercials because they really did get the point across. They were simple, but they made you question your head. Oh, yeah. What don't I know? They were really well done from a yeah, media perspective. Really-
1: You don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So always use professionals. (laughs) It's true, and a lot of times developers, they charge for that, but a, a realtor may be able to negotiate either no assignment fee at all or at least a little fee, and sometimes they don't allow you to assign at all where a realtor could get them to allow you to do that. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of important to do that just in case you want to assign it or, you know, the equity may grow so much if the market goes up, you may be like, oh, yeah, let's just uh, cash in here. <laughs> so, okay, so let's start into actual commercial real estate investing investing or just plain purchasing of commercial properties. So the five fatal mistakes in commercial real estate financing, okay? We're going to start with number one. So the first fatal mistake, thinking that costs are similar to residential. So that is big. There are much higher costs involved when purchasing a commercial property compared to residential, Costs include a commercial appraisal, which is a whole lot more than a residential appraisal. It's about $2,500 to $3,500. Then there's the environmental report, which is about $2,500 to $3,000. Then there's lender and broker fees, which are generally you're paying 1.5% to 2% on your purchase price to the lender, the commercial lending brokerage that you're going through. And then there's the legal costs of the lender and borrower, which are both to the borrower's account. So before you even know if you're purchasing this commercial property, you've already spent a good, probably $5,000 or more just in your due diligence. So, you know, that's, you've got to be prepared for that. That's all the cost of purchasing commercial uh, properties. So the second fatal mistake is not allowing enough time. So we're used to about a week. Well, in this market, we're not even used to any subjects, but uh, most buyers are doing all their due diligence before they even put in an offer when it's multiple offers so they can do a subject-free offer. But typically, in a balanced market or buyer's market, we get about 7 to 10 business days for a residential purchase to do due diligence. Well, with commercial, it's not the same. So I can usually get a discussion paper back from lenders uh, within seven to ten business days, but that's not something that a borrower can remove subjects on. So getting to a final commitment for commercial financing generally takes about five to six weeks. I know, it seems like a long time, and it is, but that is what they need. So the length of time to get to a final commitment varies depending on how long it will take to get any of the conditional information into the lender, and there's a lot of it. You've got the personal stuff you've got to get into them, the corporate information, property information. And to obtain a current commercial appraisal and environmental report takes a lot of time as well. The common mistake investors new to commercial real estate make is that they think they can put in an offer and remove subjects within a couple of weeks, and it's just not true. The third fatal mistake is expecting that projections will be acceptable to the lender. For income generating property, all commercial financing is based on the actual current net income of the property and what loan amount the net income shows it can service. So lenders will base their decisions solely on the actual net income of the property and will not go by a client's projections for a property. Oh, gosh, this place, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do with it, and this is what it can make. You no, know, they don't care about that. They want to know hard facts, What it, what is it bringing in. Um, now, if you're going to actually be an owner uh, and actually run your business out of it, and let's say it's a vacant commercial property, well, that's different. Now you can prove what your company makes, what your company is going to be paying, and and what that looks like. So that's something to keep in mind. So the fourth one, no experience with specific commercial property. So I see this for all types of commercial property, including apartment buildings, mobile home parks, hotels and motels. Uh, So largely this can be mitigated by showing experience with other rental property or business experience, and by putting a reputable property manager company in place. Sometimes it can be offset by having the existing owner stay on for a period of time as a consultant to assist with the transition. That is typically what happens. You typically want to uh, put the condition in that the sellers will remain on, will teach you how to run the business, whether it's three weeks, a small restaurant, or whether it's like three months, whatever the commercial investment Uh, property is that you're purchasing. You definitely want either knowledge in it to get approved for your mortgage or you want that system as a condition of your contract offer. So the fifth and final one, consulting with a mortgage broker new to commercial financing. So earlier we talked a little bit about the difference of residential compared to uh, commercial mortgage brokers, and it is so important. Commercial financing requires an active commercial broker with experience in the industry and who is aware of current conditions. Unless the broker is going to commercial financing full-time, it is not impossible. It's a, it, it, They just can't know which lenders are are going to finance what types of commercial properties. There's so many different lenders and so many different types of commercial properties at any given time and which lender has the best rates and terms for a particular asset class. So definitely hire the right person, the right professional for the right job. Even if you're a seasoned pro's commercial property, it is hugely beneficial to make use of a commercial mortgage broker because your bank might not be a good fit for financing that particular type of asset. So a commercial mortgage broker can correctly structure the loan request. I mean, it just, it takes the stress off of you and you know you are taken care of. And I know a great commercial broker is Michael Lee and he's with Mortgage Alliance and he, all he does is commercial property financing. So if you want to reach out to him, you can just contact me or Google his name, Michael Lee with, uh, he's a commercial mortgage broker. You'll find him come up and he's a great source for that. So hopefully that helps and give some insight to uh, to commercial lending so that you're prepared before you go into such a thing.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's the key, right? Because I think there's definitely room to, uh, you know, maybe through, through a group of friends or people you have acquaintances, maybe you want to get in on, own some property together. It's a good way to get in. And there's uh, lots of things you should take into consideration before you jump into that, that, that shark tank, I guess.
1: Exactly, Curtis. And you know what? We're going to have, I'm hoping on our show next week, next Saturday uh, lends perfectly for that. So it's either going in as a joint venture or purchasing an investment property that's more passive to where you don't have to do all the work, but other people do it for you. Uh, and, you know, there's a group um, that, that I'm part of, and mostly it's a Facebook group, and we're investors and realtors. And, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping to have uh, my friend and colleague uh come on our our show next week just via phone call like we are now, uh and that would be fantastic to talk more about that um, yeah, so oh, so I'm about to go show a listing of mine, and it's a new listing that just came up yesterday, so I wanted to share it. Uh, so it's off Mitchell Street in Mission. It's a detached home with an unauthorized suite. It's on a 6,000-square-foot lot. It's six bedrooms and four bathrooms. It was built in 2005. It has a long driveway, double garage. The size of the house is a little over 3,100 square feet. And it's really cool. It's a really nice home. They've done such a beautiful job with it and maintained it so well. It's in a subdivision called Cherry Meadows and it's a single-family detached, again, with an unauthorized suite, and it's a good-sized suite. And the price tag is 888800 because we all love eights. And uh, so definitely get in and see this home today or as soon as you can because we're probably going to look at any and all offers on Tuesday at 6 p.m. So you've got some time, only a couple days, but get in there. The sooner you get in there, the sooner you can have your inspection done and get your financing approved, hopefully, before Tuesday comes up if you want to offer on it. Uh, The unauthorized suite is vacant right now, so you can put in new tenants at the rates that you want to establish or have a family move in, maybe. Uh, So if you're thinking of selling, too, I I am looking for certain clients who are looking in East Abbotsford for a property. So please, if you want to sell and you're not on the market, because trust me, I know everything that's on the market right now. If you have something that's not a typical BC box, then please contact me. I have a buyer for you. So please keep that in mind. And we're going to end our show today with a quote. Surprise. Uh, I have one for the artist in us all. The idea is not to live forever, but to create something that will. And that is from American artist, film director and producer Andy Warhol.
0: Oh, very cool. All right. I do love the Campbell's uh, Soup painting. I don't know why, but I always have. (laughs) is the best. <laughs> Yet yeah, it's so simple. Uh, that's excellent. All right, so people want more information about uh, what you do, or maybe they want information on commercial real estate and how they can get in that game. What do they got to do?
1: michellecummins.ca
0: And make sure you tune in again next week when, once again, we will talk real estate in order to unlock your real estate potential on a show where real estate is maximized. Thanks for listening.